Engai, we could tahuri mai kite hotaka nai atiahikaha naira te mihi maioha kia koutou katoa. This week we're into episode 5 of Mātangirea, a political legacy series hosted by blogger, writer and commentator Morgan Godfrey. In the past few weeks we've heard from Metiria Ture, Dame Tariana Turia, Tuariki Dalamia and Sandra Lee, all who have shared their stories of resilience during their time as members of parliament. This week, Morgan Godfrey joins Tau Henari. Te Papa Tungarewa is home to one of Aotearoa's most culturally significant collections. In 1997, the Minister of Māori Affairs led a campaign to repatriate Kōiwi Tangata, the remains of Māori ancestors held in foreign museums. It would be a crowning achievement for the Honourable Tauhenare and the continuation of a political legacy that began with his great-grandfather, Taurekareka Henare, nearly a century before. A proud triumph for this Otara kid. I'm from Otara. I'm hearty Otara. I'm hearty South Auckland, but I live in West Auckland. I'm a descendant of an illustrious Henare side and an illustrious Pākehā side. The Campbells, the Sabritskis and the McMahons. I am what I am. You're from a political dynasty, probably the Māori political dynasty. I want to ask, was there any pressure to be political? Oh, no, nah, not from my, my uh, mother and father, no, not from my grandfather. I mean, my grandfather was dead by the time I was 12. Um, so I, I missed out on his, his, all of his knowledge. Um, I knew who I was. I knew we had a, a pretty uh, uh, spanking... Um, Resume, but but I was a city slicker. We were basically parkhouse, really, um, and it's cool. I mean, I enjoyed my childhood. I enjoyed growing up in Otara. I enjoyed getting to, into mischief, but I also enjoyed uh, the, the the political discussions that were around our our community. So was it pretty rough and ready back in Otara in the day? Yeah, a lot of people say it was rough and ready, but I just thought it was. Um, Good fun, you know. Um, my mates were black, white, red, and green, all all hues of the rainbow. Um, I played cricket, softball, rugby, a bit of league. You know, I I, I, I was just a normal Otara kid who thought that school was about uh, camaraderie rather than learning. I had my issues with school, both at primary school, intermediate, and and college. Um, but, but hey, uh, I look back on it, um, all the good times outweighed the bad times for me. And you were pretty radical back in the 70s and 80s, weren't you? You were hanging around with Sid Jackson and the like. You were working at um, the Northern Clerical Workers' Union. Yeah, yeah. It's one of the things that I always wanted to do. I mean, I saw the job and uh, advertised in the paper. Sid had an amazing political mind. Very pro-Māori, very, very pro-worker, very, very pro-left. Nice guy, nice guy. He would all he, he give you the shirt off his back. 
Mm. Um, you know, he was always giving. Yeah, Sid was, Sid was cool. It's an interesting one, going from sort of that movement, going from the clerical workers' union, from Sid Jackson, and then getting a little bit closer to Winston Peters <laughs> over the year. Was that a natural fit? Or was that your rule-breaking again? You know, not conforming to anyone else's script. I was always told, you, you can't do that. You know, you can't, um, on one hand, be a union organiser and then go and join an ex-Tory. I wanted to be an MP. I wanted to emulate my great-grandfather in some way. I always wanted to be like him, not, not in terms of his tikanga Māori side of it, but I suppose the, the, the terrible thing is I wanted to be famous like him. What could I do? I didn't have any skills. I could talk to people. That was my big skill. Um, I had the gift of the gab. I rang Matu Rata up uh, early 93. And I'd be, I was working for Internal Affairs as a community development officer. And I asked Matu, I said to him, I said, Matu, are you, are you uh, running for the alliance this year? And he was really nice. He said, yes, boy, I'm, I'm, I'm running again. Why? Do you, are, you gonna, are you looking to run? And I... Because I had my heart set on running for Northern Māori, um, which is the seat my, my great-grandfather held. He said, uh, he said he was running, um, so that counted me out with the alliance. My brother-in-law, Tukururani Morgan, made contact with Winston. And so we had a meeting with Winston at the Koru Lounge, you know, in the early days of the Koru Lounge. And um, I'd never been in the Kori Lounge before. I even, hell, I didn't even have a suit. So I had to go and borrow my mother's boyfriend's one. The thing that I liked about New Zealand First was it was the electorate that came first. You did what no one had done since the 1940s. You know, you got rid of a Labour... 38, Labour, 38 to be exact. Yeah, 1930, I'm glad you know the date. You got rid of a sitting Labour MP. You know, in that campaign, did you and Winston have a sense that shit, we might actually just do this? Was I shocked? Pretty much. You know, and Mike Moore, um, bless his soul, after, um, after that, he used to say to me, every time he saw me, just like winning lotto, eh? And it was sort of, it was. Not so much the monetary stuff, but um, you know, big ups for my, my side of the family. Fuck up is like winning the lotto. And I want to go back to that. I want to go back to that, what Mike Moore said to you. It's a bit like winning the lotto, but you didn't win once, you won twice because you won in 1996 as well. Did you get the sense then too that, you know, actually we're going to get all of these seats. We're going to win all the Māori seats. I thought that in 96, um, for my own seat, I was going to cream it. There's nobody close to us. And I also thought that we were going to do very, very well in the other Māori seats. That's just, it was the time. It wasn't so much the individual... Um, we owe a lot to Winston. Make no mistake. My, my win was a matter of um, timing. People were sick of labour, you know, just utterly. And there was no one there. A lot of it was Winston, you know, in 93. And then in 96, it was just the train kept on rolling. Winston Peters had quit National in 1993 and had an adversarial relationship with his former party during the 96 election, the first held under MMP. But after two months of negotiations, he surprised the country, announcing he'd go into coalition with the Nats. 
Who was pushing for that relationship with the National Party, or was that everyone decided? Oh, no, you know, it came down to a very close uh, move or vote between both the Nats and Labour, and the Nats won. To me, going with Labour and National is all the same. Was always the same, will always be the same. Okay? I think Winston has the same view as well. You know, because the cold, hard facts of, of coalition, you're after something. Whether it be free health care for under, under 13s, under 7s, whatever. Free buses for old people. You know, it doesn't matter what. That's the game. And you look at today, who's the big winner? Matua Shane. $3 billion for provincial growth. It's what, what New Zealand First has been on about for the last 25 years, provincial growth. And now they've finally got something. Um, I think it's taken years to get there, and that's cool. They've got it. Big ups. So do you reckon if there's no difference between Labour and National, that, that coalition was always going to fall down at some point? Oh, no. I, I think when, you, when you're dealing with uh, Māori and the National Party, you're going, to have a, you're going to have a crash somewhere along the line. Just look at the Māori Party. You know, they didn't have a crash, but the people saw them too close together, OK? So I do, and, I, and I personally don't think there will be another Māori party. Gone, history. It's, it did what it did. And Tari and Uncle Pete, uh, they took it as far as, as they could in their time. But we all knew in 1996, after we signed the coalition deal, that we were, we were going to lose our seats at the next election. We all knew that. But here's the thing I could never understand. Rogernomics didn't come from the National Party. It came from the bloody Labour Party. It was the Labour Party, under the Labour Party, the 1984 Labour Party, that got rid of all the freezing works, got rid of all the railways. And so they blame National. Māori's blame National. Always blame National. <laughs> well, National finished the job, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Well, so, but it wasn't us who started it, because Māori have an innate hate of the National Party. I wonder about your time in Cabinet um, as the Māori Affairs Minister under that national government from 96 to 99. You got some good wins through. You got the repatriating Mokumokai. You, yeah. you were actually the Māori Affairs Minister who made the first moves to create Māori television. I wonder how hard that was to get through. Was it big pushback? Not really. We did a lot of good things. We did a lot of good things. Uh, we, we established a number of commissions, the Health Commission, the Economic Commission, and out of those things came different little things. Um, a, a housing project down, on, uh, down in, uh, on the, in the Eastern Bay of Plenty, still going today. People own their houses because of what I did. And it's cool. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of everything that we did. I'm proud of actually um, getting $15 million back in the day for Reo Māori. And I'm proud of the fact that Parikura kept it going. And so did uh, Dover. So to those fellas that beat me and who were on the opposite side of the house, thank you. Because what you did was what we all want. And that's access to um, better, better ways of learning our language and keeping our language alive. I want to talk about the repatriated Mokomokai, because back in the day, the Labour Party, I think it was um, Jim Sutton, Jim Sutton, 
who called it PC Gone Berserk. Yeah. But for Māori, it wasn't PC Gone Berserk, was it? Oh, it was returning I, our supernatural. I'd do, it, I'd do it again tomorrow. Mm. You know, sometimes, eh, you, 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 um, you do things and they don't amount to much or they're incremental uh, uh, building blocks. And although the repatriation of our tūpuna and bits and pieces of them um, didn't give anybody a job, didn't cut down employment rate, I tell you what, I'd do it again, I'd do it a hundred times. And shit, yes, I bought them home first class because they, they deserve to come home first class, you know? after the robbers and thieves that took them out of our country. I get animated about it. You know, and I, and I think of uh, Maui Pumare, Dalvanius, all those fellas that tried their hardest to get things done. Anyway, so I became a minister of Maori Affairs and I had always promised that I'd go back there as a minister. Um, and then somebody got a note at TPK to say that the, the folks up at uh, Whitby had some koiwi and a couple of mokomokai, um, would we like to come and get them? So we get up there, and um, Peony's father and I, uh, as part of the group, um, I, I took him. We get a phone call late at night from the Scots. They've got some that they want to give to us. We, they heard that we were in the country. So we trot up there the next day, all of us, walk into a room, and there's eight uh, mokomokai staring back at us. You know, they said to us, oh, you want to come in for a bit of a cup of tea and a sandwich? So we said, yeah, sweet. We went in, oh, my goodness, there's our tupuna, you know, sitting on the, um, on the table. Yeah, so that's how it all, that's sort of how, how it all happened. And I, I suppose I was just, the, the, you know, lucky to be in the, in the position that I was at the time, yeah. That would have been really confronting as Māori to arrive in, your tipuna sitting on the table. Yeah, it was, but um, see, I, I have this morbid fascination with that sort of thing anyway, so, so I wasn't too thrown by it, um, you know, and, and one of them had dreads, and he was a ginger. And so I thought, oh, he must be from the coast. You know, <laughs> I, sort of, I made that sort of remark to, um, to Eddie Mai, and he, he, he laughed because Eddie Mai had the, a brilliant sense of humour as well. So, yeah, but it was... But Eddie Moore was good because, you know, we opened the door, we saw them, and he, he just did karakia from then on until we uh, got closer. It, 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 was, it was quite freaky um, to look into that person's face, you know, and think, yeah, 150 years ago, this fellow was running around here, you know? I wonder what he was doing. I wonder where he's from. My express, express purpose of bringing them home was not to leave them in Te Papa. And I hear they are still in Te Papa. My express reason was the repatriation and return of those to as close as you can get to the iwi uh, rohe. And through DNA and all sorts of things, you could work that out. Um, I, I, I dislike the fact that uh, uh, some of the stuff that we brought home is still languishing and, you know... My job was not to take it from their museum and put it in ours, okay? Yeah. Mm. What sort of crap were you getting for it? I got a lot of stuff from Alan Duff, you know. I got a lot of the, the jokes in the, in the paper by journalists who said, one way to get ahead, you know? That's not even funny. 
um, but they would they would be like those old colonial fellows stand in the corner and chuckle to each other while they watched that poor Maori. No, it's, it's all good because I gave back. I gave it back in tons, and that's the other thing they didn't didn't like. I called them all sorts of names under the sun um, because they deserved it. You know, I I, I wasn't willing to take a backward step to anybody who had a go at me. In 1999, Māori voters took their utu, voting Tau and the rest of the former New Zealand First Māori MPs out of Parliament. He would eventually return as a National List MP in 2005 after six years in the political wilderness. What was it like in 1999? You leave Parliament, you know, one moment you're the Minister, the next moment you're outside of Parliament. One minute, one minute um, I'm um, being picked up in a limo, the next, the next day, um, nobody wants to know you. I couldn't get a job. So I owe my survival um, in, the, in, the, in the interim from 1999 through to 2005 to a couple of people, Iritana Tafifirani and uh, Timoti Karetu. And, and the, the, the movement... <coughs> That is our babies, the Kohanga movement. They employed me. Um, and, and really, they uh, came to my rescue financially, because they paid me, to be a bit of a, uh, a troubleshooter. Not so much a troublemaker, but a troubleshooter. Um, Was it a hard role? Yeah, there's, a, there's a subtle difference. There's a subtle difference. You came back in... 05, they were the same job. You're a member of parliament, but this time for the National Party. Did that feel like a homecoming of sorts? No, it was a bit stink. You know, I mean, I, I miss this place. I still do. I miss the argy bargy. I miss the, the, the camaraderie. So coming back in here, I was in the opposition. And I quite like being in opposition because then it's just, you know, OK, loosen the guns, let's go. You know, get in the car and just drive. No, it doesn't matter where. So that's how I played the game. And then Brash got the boot, Key uh, came in, and um, we won the next election. So I thought, wow, I could be Minister of Māori Affairs again. And I could finish a few things that I wanted to, you know, like the housing stuff, like the kura. Why was Key reluctant to make you part of the ministry again? Maybe, maybe he didn't think that I was up to it. Maybe, maybe that the team of people um, picking the ministers um, going forward... Uh, didn't think I was much chop. That's cool. That's, that was their game. That was their play. I, I think also it was because the advent of the Māori Party and we went into coalition with them, even though we didn't need them. But I thought that that was quite a shrewd, uh, a shrewd political management deal. I did have my doubts because I also think that what it did for the National Party was we gave up we gave up even thinking about Māori issues to the Māori Party, you know? You were still doing things your own way that term, though, weren't you, when you stood <laughs> for Speaker in 2012? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, you know, sometimes um, you know your time is cl- uh, on the clock, on your own clock, is ticking down. And I thought to myself, actually, I'd make a good Speaker. When Lockwood left, um, I'd make a good Speaker. But, yeah, being Speaker, I nearly had the numbers. I asked people in the House, 
I asked some of the Labor, Labor team. They said they would. Um, I asked the Greens. Matilia, bless her soul, one of the most hard-done-by MPs the last 100 years. I kid you not. You know, she got hand-hounded out of here. I love her to bits. I don't, I don't agree with all of the stuff that she says, but I love her to bits. And, and um, yeah, that's another story. Anyway, the speaker's job. Everybody agreed. So I went to the Māori Party and um, asked them. And Tūtūrua and Tari said, sweet. And I went, oh, that's cool. But I'm one short. I forgot I should have counted myself. So when I counted myself, I had the numbers. Easy. 61, 60. Um, no brainer. The following day, the following night, I, I talked to Tūtūrua and he said, no, can't do it. I said, bro, last night you said you would. I got an email from you. It says you would. And they got leaned on. The Māori Party got leaned on. Who leaned on them? Hey, our party, National Party. Didn't want me to be the speaker. Did the National Party make promises to you when no. it came to the end of your career? He said, um, we'll look after you. Um, and two years later, I was still waiting. But I got a job as, the, as uh, on the board of uh, Housing New Zealand, which I really loved. Like a, a colleague of mine, she became a member of uh, Housing New Zealand. And we both only served one term. Um, m- most disappointing when you know that both of us uh, were there for, actually not for, for, for ourselves, but for our people, because we're the ones that are homeless. We're the ones that can't buy houses. And the current Minister of Housing New Zealand took me off. I feel sorry for young people these days because there's too many of my age group still here, um, you know, controlling things. I love young people. What's your advice to those kids, those young people? You've been a minister, you've been through parliament. What would you say to them? Oh, I'd have another go. There's no time like the present. I, I think, you know, look, I, I'm, I'm 59 this year. Am I going to have another go? Hell Yes. In some way, shape or form, um, I'm going to have another crack. I'm now more than ever convinced that the power for our people belongs in the hands of the independent, in the hands of a, whether you call it an independent Māori party, an independent party for Māori, or just an individual independent who's there willing to, to say to the government, I don't want to be a minister, but this is what you're going to do. And this is how much is going to come our way. My game is about getting things for our people. What's your life been like after Parliament? It's, it's sort of been exciting. I dropped a whole lot of weight. Um, I play golf. I, I try and play golf. Um, you know, family's bigger. Um, I got a divorce. Um, we're still in the same house. Um, I still make her a cup of coffee. What's it been like? It's been cool. Do I miss the place? Hell yes. I would swap um, this for that at the snap of the fingers. Tēnā koe e te rangatira. Tau henare. 
That was episode five of the series Ma Tangirea with host Morgan Godfrey. For the entire podcast and video series of Ma Tangirea, you can head to the podcast and series page at rnz.co.nz. Next week, former Māori Party member Marama Fox. To hear this week's episode of Tiahika and previous shows, you can of course subscribe to the podcast at iTunes, Spotify, or where you access good podcasts. Kuera te hotaka moti nei wiki hoki mai atera tapu e tu mai nei modi tu modi ora. The dudes to hide from the group Just wanna spend time with you Laying side by side Let's catch a fire on the radio Yeah, we get so high Cause we ain't got no place to go I'll never say goodbye And you ain't never gonna be alone The promise we made, the promise we broke But I still remember that summer Taste of your lips while the sun went down so sweet. And I could exist in that summer. Oh, 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 oh. Close my eyes and get lost in the memory. And just drift away. Just drift away. I stay dreaming. Turns the light, that look in your eyes I know it's for my first two So it's stay scheming The places we see People we need a house by the beach Better, better repeat All that I need, yeah Lay side by side Century on the radio Yeah, we get so high Cause we ain't got no place to go I'll never say goodbye We're never gonna be alone. The promise we made, promise we broke. But I still remember that summer. Oh, the taste of your lips while the sun went down. So sweet. And I could exist in that summer. Oh, 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 oh. Close my eyes and get lost in the And just drift Let me away. take you back, hot sand, warm breeze. Sunken skin, I reminisce so sweet. You take my hand, just set my soul at ease. One kiss, damn, your love brought me to my knees. Thinking about our past back then, you would always make me laugh. Back then, you were everything I asked for, damn sure. I was ready to build a future. Name a time and place to suit you. Never thought I'd see the day I lose you. But hey, fake baby, but hey, baby, I still miss when you were my lady. I'm caught lately getting lost, lost in the memory. Yeah. And just drift away.